0: really when you look at, when you look at what makes women most unhappy at this time is they give up their friendships. They give up that personal time, their connection with others because you feel too busy, right? I'm too busy. I'm running a company. I have three kids in your case. I think you have four kids. I have this, right? You have all these things I'm traveling. I'm whatever. I'm running the world and I'm too busy for my friends. And guess where that leads you? That leads you to loneliness, The key to your health is connection. That is what I'm here to say. The key to your health is connection with others. If you don't have it, you don't have full health, physical or mental. Physical, physical health, right? High blood pressure, um, heart disease. These are the kinds of things that we see when we are not connected to other human beings. Stay connected with friends. So what that looks like is like, I could literally get my phone out and I, I will literally get my phone out. Um, That means a lot of texts. Right? That doesn't always mean talking on the phone. Talking on the phone is like a very big luxury, but we send each other pictures of our kids. We send each other pictures of like what we ate. We My friend sent me an article yesterday of an accomplishment that her and her husband had and she sent me the article and I sat and I read it. Right? and I replied and I was like, I'm so proud of you guys, right? So I'm constantly keeping connected with my friends.
1: This is Take the Day Off, a Mother Honestly podcast powered by Splendid Spirit. Women have always taken on the larger share of the domestic and caregiving responsibilities at home. Cooking, cleaning, laundry, childcare, Sounds familiar? While these are absolutely important in keeping our households running smoothly and efficiently, we also know that women, as a result of the uneven, repetitive, and usually unrelenting household chores, endure stress, anxiety, burnout, and depression. This podcast is about taking the day off from your personal or professional to-dos and bringing the focus back to you and on what matters most to your personal well-being indulging in a creative pursuit, or simply getting some sleep. Weekly, we'll check in with you to learn more about what you're doing to take the day off, or simply some take the day off moments. In turn, we will harm you with the resources and know-how to take the day off, rejuvenate, and even better, unplug and get the rest that you deserve. We can only do this if we all do it. We must band together to show our young children and society at large that care matters. I am your host, Blessing Adeshion, founder and CEO of Mother Honestly, a chemical engineer, energy supply chain and operational excellence leader, and mother of four. You will also hear from my friend and co-host, Andrea Mullen, founder and CEO of Victory PR and mother of two boys. We are here to take the day off with Splendid Spoon. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Ziegler. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? We're so excited to have you. Um, for our listeners back home, Dr. Cheryl Ziegler is the best-selling author of "Mommy Burnout." Um, she's also the podcast host of Dr. Cheryl's Pod Couch. A regular national and local news contributor, she runs a private group practice in Denver, Colorado. She is also a national and international presenter on topics related to stress, parenting, mental health, and burnout, as well as a TEDx speaker. Dr. Cheryl, we are so excited and so thrilled to have you here with us today.
0: Thank you. I am happy to be talking to you. I love all of your work around supporting women and mothers, um, and I love that today we get to focus on mental health as well.
1: I I see, I, you know, Andrea and I, we talk about mental health all the time, especially, um, I think, I don't know about you all, but I feel like 2022 has just been really intense for more than honestly, where we've been through a lot of changes. Um, We've pivoted into a FinTech company. We are launching various products. We are speaking to different kinds of customers. We've had multiple conferences this year. So I am actually, this is a very timely conversation because I feel burnt out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not responding to emails. I'm not responding to text messages. I am exhausted. I honestly feel like I have bitten more than I can chew. Um, so I was actually very excited and looking forward to this podcast because what's going on with me?
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love it. You were like just the poster person for burnout. So let's... Let's talk about um, the definition of burnout because it's one of those phrases that people just use, right, just like I'm so stressed out, I'm so burned out. So it's a really common phrase and we can get really desensitized almost to it. But I wanna just say, you really did just describe it. So burnout, okay, as defined um, in psychology and also acknowledged by the World Health Organization is the chronic physical and emotional exhaustion that results from not feeling appreciated in a work setting, no longer feeling like your work is effective, and ultimately feeling like, what does it matter? Does it matter what I do because I'm in sort of this circle of stress? And so that's where burnout, the origin really, it comes from. It was studied originally in doctors and nurses in ERs in the 1970s. They're watching this pattern of turnover, such high turnover, wanted to understand what it was coming from and really kind of since then have defined what it, this actually means. So what you just said really is burnout. That is a really good point when you're not responding to emails and voicemails that's the part. Maybe you feel like, no, no, I feel like my work is still good. It matters. But you're, you've come to a point where you've now negotiated in your head, like, what does it matter? If this email or voicemail is that important, somehow I'll get back to it, right? There's, there's a bargaining that you've done with yourself.
1: Oh, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, that's very, um, it's a, well, it's such a relief to to hear that I'm not making it up. But I think um, part of it then, too, is what do I do, right? Um, I feel like I have so much to do still um, this year. But I think part of it is also negotiating with myself, saying, you know what? You've had a very long year. Um, I feel like I've been going at 1,000 miles per hour. I feel like I now I am consciously slowing down and saying, we go again next year, at, at next least for the rest of the year. I'm going to be on cruise control, even though I know that I have so much to do. So can I add another color to that blessing? It's also
2: the holidays, which is we're coming into the holidays, which is a period of time that separate from work and separate from the normal care that we do for our children has comes with tremendous demands on mothers Mm -hmm. that nobody's really like, what do we do? Mm hmm. Well, I love what
0: blessing is saying. So let me just say a couple of things. I, I love how you share blessing where you're at literally right now. I know the feeling. Everyone has a different way they would describe it. In when I wrote Mommy Burnout, you know, the year prior or so, I had I had, had a I had one child, right? Then I had and I was feeling great. I struggled with infertility. I talk about that pretty openly. And then, um, even my, so my first child has struggled with infertility. The second one I did, um, second one I have, right. And so I thought it was gonna be like maybe the first one where it was going to be so magical feeling for me. I had waited so long for this baby. And when I had my, my son, I had this feeling truly, I, I mean, I can still have it sometimes, but never like it was then where I was drowning, where I was underwater and drowning and the only breath that I got was like coming up for up out of the water. I would take a breath. And before I knew it, I was back down. That was the feeling, at least for me. And it was so overwhelming, so scary. And that was what started, what started my journey into looking into this and really looking at women's mental health, very specifically, because I've always been a child psychologist. And my emphasis has always been on children, children. I've always done family work, but there was this time where up until I experienced burnout, I had years of mothers coming in and saying the same exact things to me over and over. I'm always exhausted. I never want to have sex anymore. Is this all there is to life? Is this all there is to being married? It was like over and over, I heard the same themes, and I wasn't personally relating, but I was at the time, you know, understanding as best I could without being in it. And then all of a sudden, I experienced it myself. So I had this just general feeling that, like, the world would just be a better place if we all knew that we were experiencing these things and that there were things that we could do that we didn't have to accept, that this is just the way it is when you become a mother or you become a working mother or an entrepreneur. Um, and that's where I've really been on the path, um, now for really about eight years or so, just studying and treating women in this chronic condition, because my TEDx talk is called why moms are miserable and why they're really miserable actually. So I don't know if this relates at all to you. Really, when you look at, when you look at what makes women most unhappy at this time is they give up their friendships. They give up that personal time, their connection with others, because you feel too busy, right? I'm too busy. I'm running a company. I have three kids. In your case, I think you have four kids. I have this, right? You have all these things. I'm traveling, I'm whatever. I'm running the world and I'm too busy for my friends. And guess where that leads you? That leads you to loneliness. That leads to heart health problems. It literally leads to shorter length of living. That's how severe it is to be disconnected from our support systems has a very profound effect on our mental and our physical health and the way we feel about ourselves as overall women, as mothers, as partners, as company leaders. So I don't know if you're in that space, Blessing, but are you finding that right now, because you're in it, that there are certain important relationships maybe that you've been putting off to the side or haven't been investing as much in?
1: So on the friendship side, not necessarily. I feel like that is actually stronger now than ever. Um, I think on the on the on the personal end, of, on on the relationship end, I think that's fine as well with my partner. Um, I think where um where there's disconnect is maybe my immediate siblings or my parents. Um, so my extended family definitely there's a huge disconnect there. Um, and I think I think even for my kids, right? Because I think and I think it's because of all the traveling lately. It's you know just that constant disconnect where you're gone for a week or two weeks, and then you have to come back and figure out like who ran out of what and who needed X, Y, and Z when mommy was away. Um, I think that was kind of piling up a little bit. Um, so I think that was where the disconnect came through for me. And just, you know, in general, I think even just walking longer hours, that's, you know, um, that definitely has taken a toll. So I am learning to slow down, but I feel like I could be doing more. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. So let's talk about what the more is. Um, because slowing down is is for sure one of them. But it's one of those things where we where like slowing down without intention can not give you the results that you're looking for. Right. So you want to slow down with intention. So what does this is for everybody, right? It's rhetorical. What does slowing down mean? Does that mean, okay, I'm gonna slow down and I'm gonna physically rest more? I'm gonna slow down and I'm gonna spend more one-on-one time with my kids at night. I'm gonna slow down and I'm going to like for me this week. My intention is literally, I'm going to slow down and invest in cooking dinners because when I'm going and going and going. That's the f- one of in my house, that's one of the first things to go. I'll just order in. We'll just order in. I mean, me personally, I feel like, oh, whatever. I could live on crackers and water. Like, I don't care, right? Like it's just, and so for me, something this week, as as funny as that might sound, is that's my intention, is I want to cook homemade meals. I want us to eat together. And that will make me feel good, even though, though, it takes me an hour, right? So that hour, instead of returning emails last night, instead of returning phone calls, I literally did the same thing too. I just shut it off and just said, this is my li- this is my hour to unload the dishwasher, make the meal, set the table, put it out, and do all the things. So making sure that when you say, I'm going to slow down, that you have an intention for what you're going to do. And that is totally subjective. There's no right or wrong. It's whatever you decide you need, right? So that's one thing. The other thing a lot of women really struggle with, and I, and I think you've been a part of these kind of conversations, blessing, is the whole piece around asking for help and then learning to accept the help. So I know, I think you have a unique angle on that, but I have found through my work, my treatment of women, that this is really almost comes from a really deep old place for a lot of women, which is, yeah, I'm not very good at asking for help. And I don't like the feeling of owing somebody a favor, and I don't like that my mother or my mother-in-law holds it over me and whatever else the stories go. So I find that one to be a really complex one around asking for help.
1: They're always gluten-free dairy-free and completely powered by plants. With over 65 options and flexible plans you can change, pause, skip, or cancel at any time. Splendid Spoon is a great partner to me, helping take the load off of food prep and allowing me to enjoy the simple moments that can mean so much. Splendid Spoon has my back when time is just not on my side. Try Splendid Spoon today by visiting splendidspoon.com and enter promo code HONESTLY, H O N E S T L Y, to receive $50 off your first box.
2: That's very interesting. Um, What you, I want to go back, Dr. Ziegler, to something you said, which I think. Is unique. We haven't heard it much on this podcast before, and that's specifically the friendships. So there are the challenge with that is that I think we all, as working moms, we already have so many things on our plates. How do we take? How do we say? Well, you know, I'm I'm suffering because I don't have these friendships, Mm -hmm. and so I want to integrate them and prioritize them, but that's. Going to require time and commitment and energy and effort that we feel like we don't have because all of the things that we've just been discussing, I think to some degree, these are all things that we want. You know, we want to have a rich family life, we want to have a rewarding and challenging career. Um, we're already drowning just trying to navigate those two things. So, what is your You know, and you just, you obviously just said that we have to be very intentional about what we're putting on and taking off of our plates. So, you know, I wondered if you could give us a little more in that, you know, just like how we can make sure that we feel confident asking for these things and investing in these relationships.
0: Yeah, I love that piece. And it's interesting. It's, it, it in some ways ties into the second piece around asking for help because it might not seem like you're literally asking for help, like, oh, I need help with this, but it's asking for what it is that you need, right? So I'm needing some girl time. I'm needing a night out. I'm needing a spa day, right? Whatever, and it's, I, you know, it doesn't have to be a spa day. Um, but here's the thing, here's what I really wanna say about this. Like when, when it came time to have to choose one aspect of all the aspects of burnout, and again, this was before the pandemic, because I think the pandemic, all it did was shine a light that this is true, yeah. right? The disconnection between people during the pandemic is what has led to this incredible mental health crisis. We're in a state of emergency in mental health right now. And that is because people were disconnected from one another um, physically and emotionally. So let me, let me give this some light. So there's an entire chapter on, I swear, I think it's called, I swear, I used to have friends. And so this is the way it kind of unfolds. Um, you know, let me let's take let's go back to maybe our 20s, right? You're freshly out of school, you've got your first job, you're feeling good, you have an apartment, maybe you have some roommates, you are constantly surrounded by people. You're going to happy hours, you're talking about your great, you know, trips and adventures from over the weekend, the person you met, like. It's very social. I know that this is not for literally everyone, but this is, I think, a good majority of people, right? And so 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 coming, so in your early 20s, maybe before you settled down in a relationship and definitely before you had kids, life was often either very social or very on your terms. It was very on your own terms, whatever it is that you wanted to do. And then you have your first kid and when you're pregnant with the first baby, you get tons of attention. And then, you know, the office has a baby shower for you and life is just feeling amazing, right? You probably had more than one shower because you had your family and your personal friends, you had to work, and then you have the baby. And what we know is that um, you quickly become lonely. So all of a sudden, this world that you had with all of this help, and this is very, um, you know, because I know, of course, Um, blessing you're in a different country, but in this country, we don't live near extended family very much. The nuclear family is it, and the extended family is all over the place because of the unintended consequences of women being able to get education and being able to work wherever and for whoever they want. So in general, most people do not live near extended family. And so now you're on your own. Now all of a sudden, all those, you know, the lasagna and the visits, and I'll hold the baby for you, starts to dwindle. Yeah. And what we know is that by month six, that is A, the loneliest time for a woman. And I know this is hard to talk about, but there is a whole category of maternal suicide. And that's generally what it happens between months six and 12 postpartum, because women are lonely. And you don't any longer feel like, do I have the right? I have a nine-month-old. Do I have the right to ask somebody to come over because I want to take a nap or I need to take a walk and I haven't had any time for myself, right? It feels like that window is closed and no one's checking in on me anymore. And so I I know that's really hard to talk about, but that's a reality in our country. And it only goes from there. So then you have the next big decisions. Am I going to go back to work? Is my you know boss going to support that? And so where in even what I'm saying for most people, do does a woman feel like, oh, and then I had time to ask my girlfriends to go out? And do I even have anything interesting to talk about anymore? And do I even want to get dressed? And do I even want to take a shower? So it sort of starts from there, and it sets the stage. And it puts us on a path to disconnection from others, which we know has terrible mental health outcomes. And also has um, added to what feels like, you know, great deals of depression and anxiety um, postpartum and also just as a mother, any stage, one of the loneliest times is when children are in middle school. So this is not a young mom's issue. This is an issue that starts postpartum and really goes all the way through.
2: I really appreciate that, that sort of caveat because my kids are a little bit older and you know, so many of the conversations around maternal mental health are geared towards mothers with babies. These are struggles that I recognize, you know, that I I can acknowledge, you know, I recognize in myself and in my friends and colleagues. Um, how has, how, the, the pandemic, as you said, has shown a light on issues that already existed. Um, we just spent two and a half years really focused on staying isolated to protect one another from, you know, COVID-19. It sounds like that has really, I've never put those two pieces together because that was the, re- you know, that was the responsible thing to do for so long. And how do we now go back to a point where we're able to prioritize those things without being worried about, like, how do we establish a new protocol in order to do both things?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's an interesting time for how people are handling it, right? Like um, sometimes I, I'll have someone describe or they're telling a story um, in a session or even in my personal life. And they'll say, well, you know that family, the one that's still wearing masks, you know that family, you know. And so we're still in a stage where we're judging one another. And I know that if I had someone that I cared about that for whatever the reason was, they were masking, or they were still wanting to social distance, or they carry with them the trauma. I mean, we are now a society. Our world has changed forever because of what we've been through between 2020 till today. And we're seeing a terrible educational outcome. We're seeing terrible mental health outcomes. And one of the things that we're not probably talking about enough is that we're also experiencing a global collective grief. People lost people People that people loved died, and people die every day. But it is not often where an entire global community has multiple losses at one time. That's the part that's not normal. And so maybe I have a grief, and you have a grief, and Blessing has a grief. If that's not so typical, right? A group of people get together, and it might be like, yeah. So you know, you, you know, maybe people don't realize it, but you know, I lost my mother over the last month or so, right? And they might be the only person who experienced grief, a loss, and they're really in that process. Now we have, well, we have hundreds of thousands of people um, who've lost maybe multiple people and usually um, loved ones that were very close to them. So that's something that's very unique. And so one of the things is we need to not judge each other. Um, we really need to say, I love this person regardless. I don't know why they're making their decisions, or maybe I should be curious and ask them about why they're making some of the decisions they're making, but I love them. And I'm going to stay in connection or in community with them. Um, I think another really important thing is that we acknowledge what's happening, that we really get to the point where it's not just me that feels like I'm walking around with a secret that everybody needs to know, which is the key to your health is connection. That is what I'm here to say. The key to your health is connection with others. If you don't have it, you don't have full health, physical or mental. Physical. Physical health, right? High blood pressure, um, heart disease. These are the kinds of things that we see when we are not connected to other human beings. Um, And so I think it's incredibly important for people to say that Thursday night dinner or that Saturday morning brunch is not only to make me feel good, it's for my health. It's for my health. And because I do it, and because I, maybe I drove 15 minutes, I spent an hour a little bit over, and I drove home 15 minutes. So at that hour and a half to two, that's going to keep me going for the next two weeks, because it's a high. And one of the things that I realized, or that I learned, I didn't realize I learned, was there is a tooth, a year 2000, a landmark UCLA study that talked about, when women are in the company and presence of other women they love, that oxytocin is going in a way, like it's flowing between two of them in a way that does not happen when you're even with your husband, or even if one of your best friends is a male, it is not the same. That that love hormone between two women is something that only two women together can actually get going with one another.
1: I love this perspective of taking the day off Um, because, you know, we've been talking about taking a day off, you know, unplugging and, you know, rest and, you know, of course, you know, we've talked about, you know, do what fills your cup, but we've never delved into, yeah, take the day off and use that time to connect, right. Use that time to, connect with a loved one, use that time to connect with a friend. And um, right after the summit last week um, in New York, I literally took the red eye and flew into Miami with six of my girlfriends. So we, I mean, it was, you know, I got there late and it was two nights, but I felt so happy. I mean, just... Not worrying about work, not worrying about the kids or, you know, what my husband ate for dinner, but really and truly just connecting with those six women. I had not seen them in like before the pandemic, since before the pandemic, right? So it just felt very special and we were not cooking, we were not cleaning, we were not wiping diapers, you know, changing diapers. We were literally just, you know, on the beach, running around, getting in Ubers and, you know, going to Target, we were just doing honestly, whatever we wanted. Um, and it was less than 48 hours. But, you know, I still I feel like that is going to keep me going for at least three months. Okay.
0: Like, that well, yes, that months. was that was extra, extra special. That was six of them. That was a big oxytocin boost. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have an appreciation for how now right how all six or seven of you All the things you had to leave behind, unplug, leave to someone else so that you could be there. And it was such a commitment. It probably will keep you. It's like a buzz, right? Is it like, it's like a high. And I love that you're sharing that. I'm doing the same thing this weekend. It's right before Thanksgiving, right? Super busy time of year. And I just haven't seen one of my best friends in so long. And I'm flying to Boston and we, you know, she's coming down from Maine and she sent me a text yesterday that said, do you want me to make dinner reservations? Throughout? I said, no, I want you to do nothing. We will find a restaurant to eat at. She said, do you want me to, how about massages? Nope. I don't want to have to be anywhere, even a massage. I don't want to have to be anywhere at any certain time. I just want to be. And I agree with you. It's a busy time of year, but I will, that will keep me going to the new year.
1: I you love know.
2: that. So I'm curious, um, Dr. Z, can you share what you do on, you know, I appreciate what you just shared now, that insight into your own practices. Um, but what do you do on a daily basis to make sure that you don't, you know, succumb to burnout? Yes. How, do you what you pre- how do you practice what you preach? That Yes. And I do. I love that you asked me
0: that because A, it's not that I can never go toward burnout because I can, I just recognize the signs really early and I auto-correct fast. Okay. So I will share, there's actually a lot of things and they're little that I do on a daily basis. And I will tell you that number one is I stay connected with friends. So what that looks like is like, I could literally get my phone out and I, I will literally get my phone out. Um, that means a lot of texts. Like right? that doesn't always mean talking on the phone. Talking on the phone is like a very big luxury. But we send each other pictures of our kids. We send each other pictures of like what we ate. We. My friend sent me an article yesterday of an accomplishment that her and her husband had, and she sent me the article, and I sat and I read it, right, and I replied, and I was like, I'm so proud of you guys, right? So I'm constantly keeping connected with my friends. That's what my my TEDx talk is really about. It was this vulnerable talk about how I felt so busy. And I felt like in Denver, I'm originally from New York, that I felt like all of my very best friends were in New York. So I wasn't really investing in my Denver friends the way I needed to. I was taking them for granted. And that I found, found myself in a hospital one day and I thought to myself, who actually literally cares that I'm sitting here in this hospital right now? Who cares? And the only people that I could think about were in New York. And I just thought, I have the mom friends that I could call and ask them to drive my kids to school or even bring over soup or something for us. But that's not what I needed. I just felt lonely sitting in an ER. My husband wasn't there because he was home with three young kids. And I just thought it it was life-changing for me. Like, I have these amazing women that are here, here in my life every day, and I need to pour into them. So I pour into friendships. I I really genuinely can say I pour into them. I I have a thing called Ban Busy. I try not to use the word busy. I literally try, it's almost a challenge sometimes to not say the words, I'm so busy. Because what I say is busy builds walls. It builds barriers. If I go around telling you, right, even telling Blessing, if when I met her, I said, oh my gosh, yes, I'm just, I'm so busy. I do so many interviews. I'm busy writing a book. I can't even look up for it. Maybe she wouldn't have reached out to me today and been like, hey, let's have a conversation to share with people, right? Because mm. what would I be doing? I mean, what I'm giving off is the vibe of like, don't ask me for anything because I'm already so overwhelmed. So I try not to use the word busy. Um, I really, it's a challenge. And if I do, I try to, I autocorrect, right? So that's one thing I do. I, I get at a high off of concerts and music. Music is really important to me. So I listen to music when I can, and I almost never say no to a concert. Uh, Going to a concert puts me in a whole nother stratosphere. I just love music. So um, I go to concerts. Not that I do that every day, but I probably do it once a month. Um, I also really try to be very good with my boundaries. So that would probably be my third tip, which is the second one about concerts. Not everybody might like love music, but do something every day that you love. If you love dancing, dance a little. If you love music, do a little, if you're an artist, scribble a little bit. Right, it, it's something that, something that you can it, transport with you. If you love li- listening to podcasts, I listen to a lot of podcasts and people are like, when do you get the time for that? I'm like, there's the time. I'm driving in the car, I'm in the shower. I just put my AirPods on and I just listen for a little bit. Sometimes it's five, six minutes here and there. Um, but that is rewarding to me. That's not a job for me, That I like that. But I would say the last one is the boundaries. And for me, it's very important when I'm done with work, even if it's a pause, I'm done. I do not multitask. I monotask. So whether you want to call it setting good boundaries or whether you want to call it monotasking, um, that is probably my third tip. You need to focus on what you're doing right now. If I'm trying to talk to you, but really I'm also looking at my phone, I'm trying to give a quick text reply. I'm not present for anyone. And you know what that comes back to? That feeling that women say every time, I feel like I do a shit job at home and I do a shit job at work. Basically, I'm just doing a bad job everywhere. I have been hearing that for a decade. I hear it still all the time. And you know why you feel that way is because you're trying to do too many things at once. Just focus at one thing at a time. So I am kind of a, a hyper-focused person, right? I, if I'm talking to you, and, and people have told me this, they're like, Talking to you is like this great experience because you're so focused. I'm like really try to be a focused person. So fast forward to three o'clock, I shut everything down. At 2 45 is when I I basically work from eight to two forty five. At 245, I'm done. I go, I pick up my kids. And when I'm with them, I'm with them. I am not texting. I am not, I'm not saying like never ever, but really for the most part, I'm really not. And nothing goes wrong. It's all okay. And then when they start doing their homework or whatever, either I cook or I get my laptop and I sit next to them. And it's like, this is the signal that you're doing your work and I'm doing my work. So I'm really clear with them. And I will just add to that piece around mom guilt. There's there's an article that I wrote for the Harvard Business Review um, about working mom guilt. And that's the title of it, um, how to deal with working mom guilt. And one of the biggest things about working mom guilt is that you do need to feel good about whatever it is you're doing that takes you away from your kids. And I think blessing has this. Um, And I'm sure there's times where it can ebb and flow. But if you love what you're doing, or you need to do what you're doing, maybe you don't love it, but you need it because you literally need money. Or maybe you are in a situation where you do actually love what you're doing as well. You say to your kids, um, well, like for me, Um, recently, I was in Texas for a talk. I'm going to Texas. What do I get? Instantly, I get, oh, right? That's usually their reaction. Oh, and I say, I know, but you know how much I love it. I get to talk to college students on a college campus, and I can't wait to do that. So I'm going to have a great time when I'm there, and when I come home, I'm going to be so excited to see you, right? So what I'm sending them messages, I'm not going to say, hey, no, I wish I didn't have to go. Oh, right? Because what all that does is I'm sending my kids a message that I'm doing things I don't want to do. I'm taking away time from them. That's so precious to be miserable somewhere else. And that's just simply not the way that I feel. And like I said, if you are listening though, and you think, well, I'm not thrilled about when I have to travel, then the helping with guilt is I do this because, right? So you look at them and you say, I do this because Um, you know, we need to eat, or we want to go on that vacation, or this is my career. And there are parts of it that I really love. And there's parts of it that aren't my favorite. And this is one of them. It's not my favorite to be away from you. And I can't wait to get back and see you. Do you see the subtle
2: difference? Mm -hmm. I love that. Good. I think that that is so much of what we contend with as mothers. And I will ask you, because I do think I love, I took notes. So I I was multitasking. I'm guilty of that in a major way. That's different. You're still monotasking. You were listening. If you're writing notes
0: about what I'm saying, that's, that's monotasking.
2: Yeah. And I can recognize within myself that I am very guilty of being on calls, especially now with, I feel like so much of what we do is on Zoom. I will absolutely check my email while I'm on a call. If I hear Slack popping all over the place, I will check Slack. And I find that it absolutely impedes the quality of my conversations. So I'm going to take that reminder to heart. Um, But we grouped the last piece of mom guilt about mom guilt. We grouped that with your three tips. Mm -hmm. Can we isolate that? And can you say that one more time? Because I think that that is something that we can really give to our listeners as like a gift, you know, like you don't have to suffer from mom guilt anymore. And here's Uh, why.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So mom guilt is something that I think if I, I mean, I'm sure there are studies. I think if you asked, uh, you know, a thousand working moms, what, what do you struggle with the most? The number one answer is guilt. It's not, I don't make enough money. I work too long of hours. I, you know, those things may be somewhere on the list. The number one answer specifically for working mothers is guilt. I I feel guilty everywhere. They feel guilty and feel like they're doing a terrible job in both of their major roles, mom and worker. And so one of the things that I have found very effective goes back to however you want to put it. Maybe you go back to finding your why. Why do you do what you do? Because if being away from your children or having to travel for work or working the long hours of the weekends is so awful, why do you do it, right? And so there's different answers for that. Well, I love my job, I love what I do, I need the money, I've been there a long time and I finally have worked my way to this point, I feel like I deserve it, right? Whatever the answers are. And you really manifest that into realizing why you do what you do. So when your kids are not happy that you're gone, or maybe they're not even expressing they're not happy that you're gone, but you're not happy that you're gone from them. You go back to, it's a fill in the blank kind of exercise. I am going to blank, right? Work late, travel to Houston, Texas, whatever it is, because, blank. And then the because blank is your true answer. Why do you have to do it? Not because my boss is making me. That will keep you in mom guilt. But why do you choose to do it? Even go one layer deeper because ultimately I love what I do, because I wanna keep my job, because I make a living that you know we need to have, whatever the answer is. And you lead with that, because what I want my kids to see is I want them to see a woman who loved what she did. And yes, at times there were sacrifices. There's always gonna be sacrifices to do what you love. There's going to be a sacrifice this weekend when I go to Boston to just be with my friend that's going to impact my husband and it's gonna impact my kids. And I still choose to. So I choose to do that because I need my girl time, right? And so I'm normal human being. There'll be tinges of like, when I have to say the actual goodbye, like when I have to say, all right, bye, I'll see you on you know Sunday night, I have a little tinge or I'll have a little frightening thought like, oh my God, what if something happens to me, What if, right? And, and I acknowledge the thought, okay, you're scared because it's hard to leave your kids. And let me tell you, I turn around, I put a smile on my face and I remember why I'm doing it. So that's what I really work with women on is managing that guilt. And it's actually really effective and, and powerful for them.
1: Awesome. Thank you for thank that. You, thank you so much. Uh, I feel like we have been, I, I thought I knew a lot about mental health, the burnout, and I turns out I'm completely wrong. <laughs> Oh, thank you so much. This is why you go to the professionals, guys, um, so that you have a better perspective. Um, I thought we were going to come here and talk about get some rest and sleep. And and while those things are important, um, what I'm hearing is that connection, that being present, even during this connection is equally important. Um, And I think we can all practice that, whether it's with our spouse, especially with the holidays coming, right? Where, you know, we're all raising to finish the year strong. And even when we, you know, we do see that friend or we do see that, um, you know, spend more time with our partners or spend more time with our extended family, um, there's the potential to not be present, right? Because you want to very quickly get through things or, um, you know, you're just maybe feeling overwhelmed and you want to do something else. Um, So I really enjoy the prioritizing the relationship piece. I think that's my biggest takeaway from this conversation, Um, Dr. Ziegler. Thank you so, so much. Where can our listeners find you? They can find me
0: on drcherylziegler.com. Everything's there.
1: Yes, everything is there. And do pick up the book, Mommy Born Out. Um, I love that book so much. And, you know, I, I think, can you share with us a little bit more as well? on all the amazing things that you wrote about, because I know you spent some time as well on you know, the, our children's mental health as well. And, and you, know, you made the case for why that is important even to our health.
0: Absolutely, so in, in Mommy Burnout, you know, I think that what I covered was, I truly did years of research to figure out what were the top issues that were impacting women. And, um, there is a, it ends with, are my children burned out too? So mm. I was almost a little bit ahead of my time in writing this because we are truly in a mental health state of emergency first time in a hundred and now is probably 120 years that that's ever been declared. Um, meaning that we have more children going in the emergency room for, um, you know, self-mutilation, suicidal thoughts, We have um, the highest number of attempts. This has particularly affected girls, um, even more so than boys. Um, So we are in a depression, anxiety, suicide, um, state of emergency. And so one of the things that we know is that there is a process of entrainment. So however the primary parent is doing within their own mental health absolutely has an impact on the family. And I think that's one of the points toward the end of the book that I get at is you we we all think as mothers that we can protect our kids from how we're feeling, right? Oh, they don't need to know about this and they don't need to know about that. In front of them, I put on a good face. Behind the scenes, I might be falling apart. I might be drinking too much. I might be taking popping pills, whatever I'm doing. But in front of my kids, I'm okay. And that is a false belief. And I think the more that we can really understand that when you live under one roof, that you have shared genetics, you have a shared environment, you have shared energy, and it all impacts one another. That's why mothers, right? They, I love that saying, you're only as happy as your unhappiest child, right? You, We all impact one another. I can't be happier than my unhappiest child in, in our family because- their feelings impact me. Well, our feelings impacted them. So that was one, you know, one of the things that I end with. Um, and I also just talk about, you know, relationships within families, um, the impacts of social media, um, on how we feel about ourselves, particularly in our roles as a mother, our marriages, the working mom's dilemma has its own chapter, um, busyness, sick and tired, and then sick and tired. And so I really, um, right before your kids burned out, I talk about the physical impacts of stress, right? Burnout is chronic stress gone awry. So the physical impact of like, one of the things is you get sick and you stay sick longer. Your immune system is worn down when you're tired and when you're overwhelmed. Um, and so I, I really, I think one of my messages lately Um, as an extension of the book is that mental health is health. It's just health. It's all one thing. It's health. Mm -hmm. And I think the more that we can on a really global level, truly understand that, integrate that into our lives, the better we're going to do on both ends with mental and physical health. But I'll say it again, mental health is health.
2: Thank you. This has been truly a remarkable conversation. Blessing, you find and meet the most incredible people. And I will say, I want to make sure I call this out because I know we started out talking about how burnt out, blessing, you are. But I will say something that has always struck me about you, and I think it's evident here. You meet, everyone who you meet feels like they are the most special person in your life. And I think that that really facilitates a lot of the connection that you see on behalf of, you know, happening within the Mother Honestly community. And I also think that it's why some of the why these conversations are so impactful. So thank you, Dr. Ziegler, for your expertise and your wisdom and your time. And of course, as always,
1: blessing, thank you for pulling these conversations together. Thank you. This is great. I can't wait for our listeners to hear this. As a working mother of four, juggling my own business with the needs of my family has often led to deprioritizing myself and my own health. I need time back, but it's a struggle to decide what to outsource without replacing it with guilt. That's why I'm so glad to have found Splendid Spoon. Splendid Spoon brings me nourishing, delicious, healthy, veggie-filled meals that are ready when I am. They're always gluten-free dairy-free, and completely powered by plants. With over 65 options and flexible plans, you can change, pause, skip, or cancel at any time. Splendid Spoon is a great partner to me, helping take the load off of food prep and allowing me to enjoy the simple moments that can mean so much. Splendid Spoon has my back when time is just not on my side. Try Splendid Spoon today by visiting SplendidSpoon.com and enter promo code Honestly, H-O-N-E-S-T-L-Y to receive $50 off your first box.